It was said ever after that the storm god took part in the sack of the slaver's estate. Lightning crawled along the gatehouses of its defensive wall and rolled in balls through the inert court and turned the oaken gates to ash. The ground rumbled and buckled and bucked. Great crumbling cracks appeared in the estate's inner sanctum, where the slaver dallied with the glossy-haired eunuch Kadakthis had just sent up for training. It was profligate waste to make a fancy boy out of such a slave. The arena had muscled him up, and time had grown him up, and to squeeze the two or three remaining years of that sort of pleasure out of him seemed to the slaver... A pity. If truth be known, blood like his came so rarely to the slave pens that gelding him was a sin against future generations. Had Jubal gotten him early on when the cuts had been made at nine or ten, he would have raised him with great pains and put him to stud. But his brand and tawny skin smacked of northern mountains and high wizard's keeps, where the wars had raged so savagely that no man was proud to remember what had been done there on either side. Eventually he left the eunuch chained by the neck to the foot of his bed and went to see what the yelling and the shouting and the blue flashes and the quivering floorboards could possibly mean. What he saw from his threshold he did not understand, but he came striding back, stripping off his robe as he passed by the bed, rushing to arm himself and do battle against the infernal forces of this enemy and, it seemed, the whole of the night. Naphtha fireballs came shooting over his walls into the courtyard, Flaming arrows torqued from spring-wound bows, javelins and swordplay glittered nastily, singing as they slew in soft sussurrisings Jubal had hoped never to hear there. It was eerily quiet, no shouting, not from his hawk masks or the adversaries. The fire crackled and the horses snorted and groaned like men where they fell. Jubal recollected the sinking feeling he had had in his stomach when Zalbar confided to him that the bellows of anguish emanating from the vivisectionist's workshop were the hellhound tempest agonies, the forebodings he had endured when a group of his beleaguered sellswords went after the man who killed those sporting the mask of Jubal's service and failed to down him. That night... It was too late for thinking. There was time enough only for wading into the thick of battle, if he could just find it. The attack was from every side out of darkness, hollering orders, mustering point leaders, two, and appointing replacements for the dead, three. Then he heard whoops and abysmal screams and realized that someone had let the slaves out of their pens. Those who had nothing to lose bore haphazard arms, but sought only death with vengeance. Jubal, seeing wide, white-rimmed eyes and murderous mouths and the new eunuch from Kadakthus Palace dancing ahead of the pack of them, started to run. The key to its collar had been in his robe. He remembered discarding it within the eunuch's reach. He ran 
in a private wash of terror, in a bubble through which other sounds hardly penetrated, but where his breathing reverberated stentorianly, rasping, and his heart gonged loud in his ears. He ran, looking back over his shoulder, and he saw some leopard-pelted apparition with a horn bow in hand come sliding down the gatehouse wall. He ran until he reached the stable, until he stumbled over a dead hawk mask. And then he heard everything, cacophonously, that had been so muted before. Swords rasping, panoplies rattling, bodies thudding and grieved men running, quarrels whispering bright death as they passed through the dark press, javelins ringing as they struck helm or shield, suddenly limbed in lurid fiery light.' 